Revolution from your bed podcast season two episode three. Welcome, guys! Thank you so much for joining us again. I want to discuss an interesting subject that I've discovered that is really shaping my daily life and professional life, romantic life, any sort of life. And this subject is the subject of focusing versus multitasking. And I want to tell you a short story about myself. So I got better or rehabilitated. I was extremely sick. Like in medical parameters, I was completely, extremely still sick in my head. As soon as I walked in the gates of academia again, 2011, I was healthy. I'm in the functioning world. I suffered. It was painstaking. But for me, I started a new chapter in my life. And every day I woke up, went to school and tried my best to keep up with the others, even though I held this terrible secret of being so sick still. I was very skinny, I was very weak, but instead of taking it slowly, I took like a few weeks kind of slowly, and the first semester was not very entrepreneurial on my behalf. But then on the second semester, I realized there is something bugging me, something kind of itching my behind, and that was this entrepreneurial bug. I really wanted to help others not to reach the same situation that I have reached. I wanted to empower patients. I wanted to do something about people being sick. I didn't know exactly what it was, but then I realized that maybe prevention and health education is the key. And I've decided to do internal college and external out-of-college projects. And ever since, in the last 10 years past, I don't remember one year in which I didn't work on at least five different projects. Many of them failed, but many of them succeeded, at least in my parameters. And I figure out after carefully analyzing and reflecting, because when you go to a teacher's school, you are learning to do reflections. Every time you teach a lesson, you have to write a reflection and you do group therapy and training and mentoring and so on. So you learn that everything you do, every process needs to be reflected upon and analyzed. And I kind of analyzed and reflected upon my failures. And only last year in the dreadful 2020, I came to the conclusion that actually my problem was not my illness so much or lack of funding or lack of time or even not time management. My problem was lack of focus. And I want to elaborate on that because we live in a world, especially us millennials or the generation before millennials and especially the generations coming after that In our 20s, we have to do everything in the same time in our power because by the age of 30, you have to be educated with two degrees. You have to be married. You have to be with established career. You have to do this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I think that after following a lot of influencers and looking at a lot of resources, what I figure out is that basically we are pushed to multitask and our society kind of qualifies multitasking and kind of multiplying yourself as the new cool, as the new ideal in terms of work ethics. So this expert kind of fashion of the 70s and the 80s were replaced with this multidisciplinary, multi-talent, multi-everything. And what I found it funny is that some people are mixing between renaissance, like to be a renaissance man or woman, and to be somebody with a lot of interest. For instance, I'm drawing because I want to express myself. And in the same time, 
I can go to a choir practice, I can do some sports, I can do a professional job at day, but at night I have a hobby and I'm interested in both science and arts or philosophy and mathematics or whatever in the same time. So this is cool. We have many of the world's historical geniuses, people who find vast interests in the world around them in a multidisciplinary approach, and it really helps them to think differently. And we can maybe divide and, and kind of dedicate an episode to creativity and creative thinking, and maybe we can elaborate on that. But what I want to say is that this is not the approach. We're not talking about a person who likes philosophy, but at the same time is in finance. I'm talking about the fact that people are killing themselves, literally, trying to do everything in the same time. You try to be successful and mindful and healthy and fit and to see the world and to have a meaningful relationship and to do everything in the same time. And especially what bothers me that in our entrepreneurial spheres, in the ecosystems I'm spinning around and walking by and encountering even in other countries, what I'm seeing is fascinating. I'm seeing people who are really multitaskers, but I met maybe five of those people in those 10 years that are so talented. And maybe one day I can bring an amazing friend I have from Serbia, Tamara. And she's really, she's a TV producer. She's doing a PhD. She's a startup entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman. And she's rare, okay? And she's doing very well in everything she's doing because she's very talented and she knows how to manage time. And also she knows how to focus when needed. But my friend Tamara is not the example of what I'm talking about right now. As I mentioned, I met only four or five people like her in the entire time I'm in entrepreneurship. And most people are trying to fake it and usually they're not making it. What I found is very fascinating to me is that People think that if they will not multiply themselves, the society will judge them as boring or not accomplished. And it's so interesting because what I found out about myself is that every time I'm trying to multiply myself, I'm basically failing. And I'm going to give an example of an amazing project I worked on for several years and that has not exactly failed but ceased its operation because of lack of focus in my behalf. There are two types of managers that I like to divide. Ones are the ones that are really like to take everything upon themselves and they cannot delegate and the ones who are artists in delegation. What my aspiration as a manager to do is basically to find people that are better than me and what I'm doing or what they're doing or the specific role they need to, to perform and then they could overtake the operations. And what I really love to do is to find younger entrepreneurs who wants to be some sort of a protege to you and they want to learn by doing. So I have some small charity projects that I'm trying to do in NGO. So I would like to give people the opportunity to try. But what I found is that sometimes people are not ready to receive the full responsibility. And sometimes people are actually not really ready to be entrepreneurs in the full sense of the world, but they're fascinated with the idea of it. So one of my projects, I was trying to revive it and work on it with several friends of mine. During the time that I was working in Austria for the Ludwig Boltzmann Institute, and um, I had a startup and I had another charity and I was involved in several other projects, but I was supposed to be completely focused on my job. So what I did 
was to try to delegate everything that it's not on my scope of work. And the problem was that due to lack of focus, again, not lack of time, because if you manage your health and time right, and you come back home, even from a nine to five, you still have a few hours a day, at least an hour or two a day that instead of just watching Netflix, you can actually work on a side project. But the problem for me was actually maybe overtrust is one, but it's the lack of focus. Because every time, and it happened to me in every single project, and I just realized that last year when I had the time to reflect while being quarantined for the first time, this approach that I had of trying to multiply myself hoping that one of my projects will catch was fundamentally wrong. Especially when you're in startup and everything in startup is evolving around finding an investor eventually. So the focus was shifting in such a wrong way that basically it killed my project and other projects as well. And I found that yes, you can say that time management is the key, but time management cannot help you if your mind is not where you want it to. Now, when I'm connecting mindfulness for everything I'm doing, like for instance, if I'm feeling down during the middle of the day and I have an energy drop, I allow myself to rest. But I found that if I do five minutes of yoga or my recent love, Tai Chi, I'm invigorated again with such an immense energy that I can focus on what I'm doing. And everything I'm trying to do in 2021, all of my accomplishments are based on this specific fact that everything that is not working for me professionally is basically based on lack of focus. So what tools do I use? First of all, I eliminated all notifications to my phone and my Apple Watch that regards to emails. And I'm trying, unless there is something completely important and I have to check it several times a day, to incorporate it in my schedule. And I've talked about it in another episode. I'm waking up in the morning, I'm doing yoga, I'm writing. After I finish writing and I have between 500 to 1000 words, but my benchmark is 500 words in my book, I can relax, drink a cup of tea, maybe eat something healthy and light. And then I go through my emails and I'm trying to answer my emails in around 15 to 20 minutes. And that's it. I don't want, unless it's a part of my workflow and there are ways also, technical ways, to create shortcuts. For instance, you can create shortcuts on your desktop or on your phone to compose a new email so you don't have to look at your entire inbox. And there are other apps and, and workarounds around it, but I don't want to be drawn into social media, into answering emails, into anything that is distracting me. When I'm working, the hours that I'm working, I want to be focused. Another way to do or to go is basically to dedicate certain times of the week or of your days to a certain project. Like the patient school is a project I'm working on with a friend, which is she's a doctor and she's super busy. So what we're trying to do is to have at least one weekly call in which we really talk. We text and email a lot between us and we divide the tasks between us in such a way that we are focusing on the task when needed, but not have to do a daily maintenance. I remember last year, I would be drawn into, okay, this person cannot talk now. So I woke up at seven in the morning to have this call with them. And the other person can only speak at 10 in the evening. So I would talk with them. Unless it's really an emergency or a deadline, like you have a production or a product that is launching tomorrow morning. Guys, like 
respect your own working hours and focusing point. So my day was all over the place. Like a friend would kind of text me, hey, I have one hour now and I'm then not available for an entire week. Do you want a game together or call or talk now? And I would be drawn to this. And I'm like, no, I'm not even looking at the notification. Of course, if my family, friend, loved one, girlfriend needs me, Yes, of course, I can be available to them, but the entire day is around focusing. Going back to the project, when I'm working on a project, if I'm letting myself work like I used to work, like having these 12 tabs or 15 tabs open with this document and this email inbox and the other email inbox and the presentation here, it's not going to work. Whatever is going to work is to have a specific task list based on first priority, second project-based, timeline-based, and not only priority in terms of what's important to you, but what is time urgent, what is time sensitive. And what I'm trying to do is to divide between bureaucratical accounting, everything that is super annoying, and I leave it for like one hour a week that I have to. And if there is, for instance, today I got an email from a company that I work with regarding patient empowerment and citricity, and they needed an urgent consultation. Usually it's something that you schedule for a week ahead or 10 days ahead. If something is urgent coming up and you have some sort of a client or partner, associate, corporation that is important, that's okay. But I used to find myself, I deleted Instagram from my phone and Facebook, so I would check my email box for maybe 50 times a day. It's kind of a habit. Now I'm trying to even eliminate everything from my phone and make it only a communication device. Maybe when you're on the road on a long train trip, so you can use the time, we can dedicate another episode about what to do in a long trip, but you can answer emails and so on. But what I'm even doing in my phone to focus is not only putting it away and in on do not disturb mode and in the nighttime on sleeping mode, which is dedicated specific to Apple bedtime mode, I'm actually trying now to put my phone on black and white or monochrome so I, it's not even looking interesting enough. Try to watch a YouTube video or Instagram on it. It will be so boring for you. And many people have tried it and said it's successful because I want to dedicate my free time to my loved ones, to enriching myself, for reading, and to consume content that really enriching. And I'm not a saint, right? Now and then I watch myself, like the show on Netflix or YouTubes that I love about tech and entrepreneurship and healthy living and so on. But when I'm trying to focus, and if I want to save the next project, I have to remain completely dedicated to what I'm doing. I, like, depends how you define a startup, but I had at least four startups behind me. You can say five or six if you count other projects that in some terms they are the worst startups. And in general, I worked for over 15 major projects in the last 10 years. I'm not talking about time-limited projects. I'm talking about projects that really lasted for more than a year. And what I learned is really that focus is everything. And sometimes entrepreneurs are talking to me about failure and reasons why they fail. And a lot of times they blame money and there are a lot of kind of misconceptions or kind of beliefs in the startup world, in the startup scene, entrepreneurial, social entrepreneurial, about what makes you successful. And everybody says it's not about the money, you can make an amazing product with nothing and blah, blah, blah. And you can basically eat bread and survive. I'm not for that. I'm not for really making people feel miserable for two years until they can make enough money to go to the cinema once with their partner. I'm talking about the fact that many of those failures 
points, those failure analysis that we're doing shows me, and I mentor a lot of startups. In a calendar year, I will encounter at least 10 startups and I will mentor a few of them. And it's crazy to realize that even internally, when you go zoom in to another level in, in a project or a startup, or if you're self-employed, or you're doing a digital project, or even an art project, or even a production, online course, YouTube, everything that I've analyzed myself, I've realized that even if you zoom in, it's still a lack of focus because some startups have an amazing time management and allocation of resources and delegation. You know, when I meet a startup and then the CEO is also the programmer and he doesn't have time to manage, then the problem is clear and we can usually solve it very easily. But when I meet a startup with five people and or a project with five people and everybody's doing their job, but they're jumping around ideas all the time because they think this investor will like it or, oh, let's do the pilot with this company or this organization. And then we're, oh, three months are just thrown down the bin because we were waiting for them to make a decision or so on. It's all about focus. Every single startup I met that were successful eventually was pinpointed in a certain vertical, in a certain target in a certain market group, in a certain belief, because there's a lot of faith there that what they're doing is right. Every social project that was successful that I met, every social entrepreneur that was successful that I met, basically was pinpointed and focused on results that are, from the outside, seem maybe strange, because you can have like a social project to empower, I don't know, like youth, okay? So many entrepreneurs will say, yes, let's address as many youth as possible and have them in our platform and, and so on. But the successful social entrepreneurs will not think that way at all. They will think, which group of youth can I impact the most? What do they need? What do they want? What do they listen to? And so on. So when they go Zoom after Zoom and focus after focus after focus and focusing all their effort and time, in the right place, then you see a very interesting phenomenon. All these people that say, I'm working my ass off and I don't have time to leave. I actually know a lot of successful entrepreneurs, business owners, social entrepreneurs, influencers, and so on, that have a lot of free time to themselves because they know to manage their time. But I'm going one step zoom in here because they know how to focus. Like a good content creator will not just wake up in the morning and try to shoot something until he succeeds. They will have a day in a week, they will shoot, a day in a week they like edit, a day before they're probably writing script or an, even a separate day to do B-rolls and so on. A social entrepreneur will not just run around meeting people usually. He will always be or she will always be focused. And every time I meet a successful person, it's all about managing your focus more than managing your time. There are a lot of techniques out there. There are amazing books about it, amazing resources. I would love to, to hear more about it and discuss more about it. But what I'm doing to remain focused, and I can draw it down very quick and easy and fast for you, is basically I'm using mindfulness as a tool in everything that I'm doing right now in my life. And mindfulness is kind of my base. So I couldn't move on with my book. I was stuck and there was almost one month that I didn't write a word in my book. And I thought I'm missing a muse. And then I realized it's not about the muse. It's about discipline. 
it's about consistency and it's about focus. Some writers using apps that help them kind of structure their book, I don't. What I do is basically the same thing I say all over again. I'm doing yoga or meditation or Tai Chi and then I write. And I write one hour a day and it doesn't matter how much I'm lazy or I feel unmotivated. It's my life story. It's my book. It's my expertise. I have so much to say about it. So basically, it's just a self-excuse. Sometimes you see an email and you don't want to answer it and it's okay. So if it's not super urgent and you don't feel like it and you're not focused, don't do it now. Snooze it. Do it later. But do it. Dedicate a time for it. I did it today. I got a very important email and I said, my mind is not there. My mind is in my book. My mind is in finding my next educational venture. I don't want to answer this email right now because I want to be fully dedicated to it. I want to fully dedicate to writing my book. And I also tried other methods. I'm trying to, oh, let's do 24 hours of just doing this and kill myself over it. It worked in the thesis in the college. Maybe it works when you have a very time sensitive, like a grant application and so on, tasks. But when you look at the long-term game, you have to stay focused. So for me, dedicating time and energy to the place I want to be, choosing very little things that I'm doing in a certain amount of time and eliminating a lot of distractions. I used to really be all on the phone all the time and really when we could meet you, other humans in meetups and really all the times like engaging in some sort of activity. But now I really want to enjoy, even with my girlfriend, we decided that we're going to have a date night every week because instead of just lying on the couch every week, every day of the night, every evening, and just like half cuddle, half everybody is on his phone. Like we can do it every day, of course, but let's have at least one night a week that is completely dedicated to each other, to the romance, to lighting candles, to talk, to, to enrich our life and relationship. So everything you do, if you dedicate yourself to it, and if you focus, will be tenfold better. So with my advices, I think it would be maybe a good starting point for you but I would if I were you research into it because everybody is different for me I realized that what I need to do is to stop taking multiple projects I even deny uh, offers to join amazing ventures amazing projects even jobs sometimes or clients I basically focus right now on one thing at a time and I've decided that I have one major project which is a startup or, or a social startup. The second will be a completely charity. And the third will be something that is completely for me. So this year, I'm all focused on the patient school. I have my POTS charity, and sometimes I will engage as much as I can in it. But the project that is most important for me right now, for myself, is my book. So I have to divide my time between the three. And what I do in order to do it is that I really dedicate time in the week for each project. When I can let go, for instance, when our base website was being built by a professional, I basically did weekly check-in. Sometimes if something urgent came up, I did more. But for almost two months, I let this project kind of be on a slow burner because this is the time to focus on another thing. But if you try to dedicate the full capacity of yourself into two or three projects, it's just not going to work. And you see it in every different field. 
those people who are completely Renaissance people are rare. And of course, we can self-improve, we can grow. There are ways to get there. And I'm not talking about the fact that you don't need to engage in any other activities. I want to see all of you thrive. I want to see you knitting and in the same time listening to an amazing podcast about science and uh, later on uh, do home cooking in an artisan way and in the morning uh, start your own business, of course. But I'm just saying that if you want to be successful in the eyes of yourself, you must focus. I would love to hear more from you about what you think about the subject. I will go on and read more and enrich myself more and will come back to you maybe in the end of this season or next season about my results and how did I improve my focusing and how did it improve my book writing, my project and my private life. I just want to say to the end note here that what I'm seeing in the last 10 days ever since I've started to focus on my book is that the book has kind of exploded and I wrote more than 50 pages already just by implementing the focus method instead of forcing myself to write or instead of waiting for a muse. So with this little example, I'm going to leave you to do your own research and to keep on growing, keep on inspiring to be the best version of yourself and stay focused, guys, because really this thing can change your life. Thank you so much and I'll hear you in the next time.